the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Wasn't quite in keel. My fault. My bad. My big fat fingers. My sausage-like fingers as I search for the right buttons to push. Welcome to Freaky Friday. Remember Freaky Friday when you were a kid? Like, what a cool concept to change bodies with mom and dad. And now that you're a mom or dad, you're like, nah, I don't want to do that. Rather stay where I am. The market has a subdued feel to it these days. We continue to move higher. Except for today. Yelp! Not quite a help, but Yelp shares are surging up 60% today. This is a company that I doubt will be in business in five years. As they stand today. Keep in mind, five years is a long time on the internet. We'll talk about this in a little bit more during the show. The Dow's down 32. So Yelp came public. Dow's down 32, the Nasdaq's down 2, the SP 500 down 3. I can tell I'm going to be scattered today. It's going to be one of those days, right? So the market's got a little bit of a, a subdued feel to it. There's a little bit of a let's pay attention to Europe going on. A little bit too much of a bullish bias recently. A little bit too far, a little bit too fast. So we're a little bit lower today. No big economic data. Yesterday, first time unemployment claims were glorious. Insert hallelujah here. Hallelujah. They were glorious. They were wonderful. They were strong. They were fantastic. They were good numbers. Not so much that like it turns hay into straw, but they were pretty good numbers yesterday. And there's a couple things we're worried about. Housing, Europe, and jobs. Because when we have jobs, we spend money. And when we spend money, we support an economy. And when we support an economy, profits turn straw into hay, gold, right? Straw into hay. That's a magic trick. Ta-da! Not so good, huh? So there's a little bit of issue about Portugal this morning. We're starting to pay a little bit of attention to that. There's reports that Spain is projecting a wider budget deficit in 2012. We're paying a little bit of attention to that. The euro looks like... 
Euro trash. Can I say that without offending someone? The only person I'm probably offending there is a Czech prostitute, but <laughs> there I said it. It's out there. I said it. Fine. Euro trash. The Euro looks like Euro trash. You know, you're just going to offend somebody. When you say the word white trash, people are going to say, you talking about me? Me and my trailer in Stockton? I'm going to kick your butt. People are always going to project themselves on the words. I don't have to say it. They're going to do it for me. 2012 is going to certainly be an active political year. There's some crazy stuff going on. I, I don't know if you pay attention to the news, but there's an ad right now called Go to Hell Obama. Have you seen this? In my day and age, with me growing up, my dad would have kicked my butt had that ever been said out loud. Like, Republican or Democrat? My dad was probably a Republican. Probably through and through and through and through. You didn't say bad things about the president, ever. In a moment of true sadness, in my belief, Eastman Kodak and Shutterfly... Eastman Kodak is selling their online photo business for $24 million. That's like chump change on the on the, on Wall Street. That's nothing. Do you feel a little bad for Eastman Kodak, a company who was film, a company who was photos, is now being replaced by Shutterfly? Come on, just for one minute, play along with me. 30 seconds. Don't you feel a little sad for Eastman Kodak? Insert, like, burial music here. Like, it's sad. It's tragic. It's almost like walking a death dirge. And this isn't like New Orleans funerals. This isn't a party. I feel truly sad for Eastman Kodak. They were something when I was growing up. And now they're selling their their online photo business to Shutterfly? Shutterfly? Is that Shutterfly.com or is it Shutterfly? Right? Are you with me or are you against me? Because if you're not with me, you're against me. Choose a side. Nike says this morning they're formulating a new marketing plan around Jeremy Lin of the New York Knicks. Take advantage of the excitement he's generated in recent weeks. That's the biggest no-duh. Now, in business, you never use the word no-duh. Like, that's bad business to use the word duh. But Nike's going to take advantage of Jeremy Lin with him being an American-born Chinese? Of course they're going to do that. CBS and Madison Square Garden, they're reportedly considering investments in the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's interesting. Many, 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 many years ago, 10 plus years ago, uh, News Corp owned the LA Dodgers. And they made a huge, well, I'm not going to say they made a huge mistake, but the, the next ownership group was just a disaster. Now, if you're a San Francisco Giants fan, you're happy. Keep in mind, the San Francisco Giants, I think they came in third last year in wildcard votes or wildcard placement. Wildcard votes. I've been smoking so much carpet. Um, so they came in third, I think. Now next year, this year, this baseball season, there's going to be a second wildcard team. And the two wild cards from each division, from each conference, each league, they're going to play each other for one game. And then that's going to equal the person who plays the best team in baseball in that league that year. So basically they're adding a play-in game for the wild card which I absolutely positively hate. With that said, if I'm owner of Fox, I'm trying to add 10 more games. I'm trying to add another month of the season. I'm trying to add another round of playoffs. Business is pushing. Money is pushing the the business of sports. 
whether it's Nike and Jeremy Lin, the New York Yankees yesterday, Hal Steinbrenner, he said, I'm going to cut our payroll to 189. Ooh, our clock's gone. I'm going to cut our payroll to 189 million odd dollars. He's going to try to get down from like 210, 212 million. You know, the Yankees have to pay what's called a luxury tax to other teams because they go over the set budget of the league. Long story short, and I wish I could do a long story short because I can't. I try, but I can't. That's the sign of the times on New York. Remember earlier this week we did a little story about a guy in New York making three hundred fifty thousand dollars. He said, "I can't, I can't live here. I can't live in New York on three hundred fifty thousand dollars with three kids. My three kids can't go to private school." I'll tell you what, I wouldn't send my kids to private school in, in New York or Brooklyn. There's no chance in hell. If you ever see the TV show or the documentary called Waiting for Superman, there is. I would rather honestly put a gun in my mouth and shoot myself than send my kids to public school in New York City. So you kind of feel for these bankers who can't afford private school. Like, New York City is set up for people to make half a million dollars. It's not set up for anyone else. How the bagel people make money? I don't know. Anyhow, and anyway, you're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Yelp CEO, Jeremy Stoppelman, who I remember as being a sweaty little punk kid that I hung out with at his apartment in San Francisco when he started the company, said, we're not worried about competition from Google. We're generating more word-of-mouth content than anyone. Dude, you are smoking something really expensive if you say you're not worried about Google when over 75% of your traffic starts with a Google search. Elsewhere, Mark Andreessen says Sarbanes-Oxley has almost killed the tech IPO. My personal opinion is Sarbanes-Oxley was a little bit too smothering, and you're going to find components of it released. Today is the 50th anniversary of Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. Who can beat his record? Well, I could in a midget basketball league, and that is about it. Midget is a dirty word. It is synonymous with the N-word. So I should say I could beat the record in a under-four-foot-tall little person league where I am the king of the league standing at my dwarfing six-foot-two power. So what are you going to do on the 50th anniversary of Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game today? This is a big day for you. It's a big day for me. Did you know he started his career? Did you know he started his career as a Harlem Globetrotter? A lot of people did not know that before getting into the NBA. His big claim to fame is that he slept with or had relations with over 20,000 women. Sounds like a bad weekend for me. With that said, Let's take a look at the market numbers. The Dow's down five, the Nasdaq's up five, and the S&P 500 down fractions. 
Joining me now on Rob Black and Your Money, CFP Chad Burton. He is a financial planner. You've heard him here through the years. He's excellent at what he does. Chad, let's talk about um, you know, tax-efficient investing. It's This has got to be a boring topic for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a boring topic, but really why it should be kind of in your forefront is you start accumulating assets, especially once you get past the idea of you know, I, I'm maxing out my 401k, now what? Right. The average investor that has money outside of their 401k loses 15 to 30% of the return each year in taxes. So if your average is 10, you might be down at all the way down at 7% as your after-tax equivalent return. Because of if capital gains taxes, Capital income. gains taxes, income, it's really putting the wrong assets in the wrong place. So okay. you've got to first sit down and do your asset allocation which determines how much you have in large cap, mid cap, small cap, international, you know, emerging markets, commodities, bonds, REITs, things like that. And then you've got different areas on where you can put those assets. You've got your 401k, you've got your taxable accounts, you've got your Roth IRA. So you've got to determine which assets are the best. So you know, long story short, if, if you're living off of your portfolio, it doesn't matter as much. But when you're building the wealth, that's when it really matters because you don't, you don't want to pay – you don't want to pay taxes on income that you're not using right now, right? Sure. Okay. So if you're trying to build a portfolio and you've determined your asset allocation, let's start with what should go in your taxable accounts. Okay. Okay. If you're the person that likes mutual funds, managed mutual funds, and ETFs, then what should go in your taxable accounts would be more of your large cap oriented ETFs or total stock market return types of funds, index funds, and mid cap can be in there as well. But where you're going to concentrate on your small cap emerging markets and sometimes international holdings and especially REITs and bonds would be in your 401k, which means that your 401k is going to be slightly more conservative because of the bond allocation than your taxable accounts. But that's okay because bonds pay interest. And if you're working, you don't need the income. You want the interest to accumulate tax deferred inside your retirement accounts. A lot of people, you know, they start getting into the nitty gritty and the nitty gritty here, Chad, could be like tech stocks, i.e. growth stocks, mm -hmm. where you might sell it after it's doubled or tripled or done, you know, whatever dream that you wanted it to do. You don't want to be a, create a taxable event. So you'd throw that in a 403B or, ta you know, a, a tax efficient vehicle. But ultimately, if you're up 100 percent, do you really care? Like, why not pay some taxes? Or am, am I at this point in time just being stupid? No, I mean, you're still enjoying right now. We're enjoying the lowest tax structure that I've seen in the 19 plus years that I've been in the business. I mean, when I got in the business, capital gains were 27%. 2012, they're 15%. 2013, they go up to 20%, if not higher. It's, that's The dividend in capital gains taxes, the, the taxes that are really under going to be under attack, which means this is all the more reason for it. For example, small cap funds, the successful ones, they have turnover ratios of over 100%, meaning very seldom does the stock stay in the portfolio for the full year. So you have a trading event or a taxable event. So you can look at a fund. You can go to Morningstar.com, and you can look at the potential capital gains exposure. In other words, are there a lot of stocks in there that if they sell them after you buy, are you going to inherit a capital gains problem? Um, or turnover ratios. So again, the higher turnover ratio funds, the higher dividend-paying funds, those go in your retirement accounts. Whereas the stuff that you go for the long run on, you know, three to five year types of holds, large cap, mid cap, that goes in your taxable accounts. There's a little bit of a science to it, but let's talk about the losses because that's also part of tax efficient, not just the gains you don't want to pay tax on, but you can actually harvest losses. And I love that phrase harvest because it sounds ghoulish, but uh, it's kind of a, let's talk harvesting losses. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's super important because most people, when they get into retirement, they end up with real estate business, stocks, all of which, if they sell, you pay capital gains. So, you know, people go through a big 
correction like in the 2000s or the 2007, they accumulate losses and they forget about accumulating even more. You can build up a, a bank account essentially with the IRS. So every year, um, at least in around you know August, September is when I like to do it, is you go through your portfolio and say, have I bought anything that is showing a loss in my taxable accounts? And if it is, what I typically do is I'll sell it and I'll buy an index fund that matches it or an ETF that matches it for 30, 31 days. And then I'll turn around and buy the stock back if I like it or the fund back if I like it. That way I've harvested a loss with the IRS. You can use 3000 a year against your ordinary income. If you don't have any losses or gains this year to offset, those losses get carried forward indefinitely until you need them. And you're going to need them someday. So harvest those. It's a bank account with the IRS. Um, and even people that bought variable annuities and taxable accounts and you know, maybe at the height of 2000 or at the height in 2007, there's ways to even write off some of those losses as a miscellaneous itemized deduction. So really talk to your CPAs about getting out of those bad deals if, if you're that type of an investor. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And we got the Dow up too. The NASDAQ up five, the S&P 500 down fractions. We have a positive day, sort of. Oil, for its parts, down a buck twenty-seven down 107.57. Yesterday, before the market closed, and this is why I want to do a 24-hour show one day, there was a rumor out of Saudi Arabia that a pipeline had been exploded by terrorists. Rumor turned out not to be true, but for a moment, oil spiked, and for a moment, Wall Street went lower. There will be events that send markets lower. Are you ready to buy your favorite stock in that case? Or are you ready to pull the trigger on your favorite stock in that case? Do you have a plan? You should have plans short, medium, and long term. Every two weeks, I take money from my 401k, and I invest in the stock market. It's automatic for me. That's my short-term plan. I'm way too young to worry about Saudi Arabia and terrorism. I'm way too young to worry about Wilt Chamberlain. 20,000? I don't even know if that's possible. 100-point game is almost impossible. Anyhow, and anyway, Dow down four now. NASDAQ up four, S&P 500 down fractions. AM 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind, or as I like to say, your pee-picking little financial mind? Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'm live and in studio and loving it. If uh, you want to meet me in person, please, please, if you ever see me out in public, do not look me in the eye. Um, Please do not touch me. Do not shake my hand. But next Saturday, not this Saturday, I will be live and local in Santa Clara at the Tech Mart. I'm going to teach you a little bit about Money 101 in the mornings. Uh, Money 101, finances, wealth creation, invest in real estate, stocks, bonds, more. 
Got an email yesterday from 14-year-old. So clearly my target audience is 14-year-old Asian boys. Um, lovely. That's my dream target market. Uh, hopefully he and Justin Bieber comes out on Saturday from 9 to noon to learn about investing at the Santa Clara Tech Mart, Money 101, Finances, Wealth Creation, Investing, and Real Estate. And is it – I'll let's say a person from India is Asian, right? I think so. So if, I, if I'm not, then I apologize to a whole nation. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, that's going to be this Saturday. Not this Saturday, next Saturday, March the 10th. Uh, you got to sign up now. It will fill up next week. It will sell out probably by Wednesday. Um, it's five bucks. It's the charitable donation. I basically give money to Marin uh, Humane um, and or Children's Hospital Oakland. And the goal there is to raise a little bit of money for charity and just to meet you and, and get to teach you as much as I can in three hours. Um, and in the afternoon, it's to be Wealth Preservation Retirement Plan. This is people for 50s and 60s or wealthy 40-year-olds, people who are really towards retirement or in retirement, and they don't have a good plan. Look, you can like hire someone that you hear on radio. You can hire someone you see on TV. You can hear hire someone that you see in a magazine. The best people to hire are the people that you meet, the people that get to know you, the people that get to know your family, the people that sit down with you. I highly believe in the financial planner business model. Uh, 17 years ago, I was in the investment advisory business model. And I don't like the investment advisory business model because you have discretionary uh, authority over trading of an uh, individual's account. And to me, that was great. Like uh, I made people a lot of money. That was my, my job. And I saw the business going from that to understanding people in their personal situations towards retirement. Picking stocks is easy. Picking stocks is gloriously easy. Like, I can do it in my sleep. I can do it with a hand tied behind my back. I can put together a portfolio for you easily in an up market, down market, sideways market. But handling someone's account is a little bit tougher when you see that they've got a kid with needs. When you see that their grandfather had the farm repossessed and it weighs on them every single day. I wasn't good at that. I don't have Asperger's, but... For the sake of the story, let's say I have Asperger's. I, I couldn't emote with that. I couldn't relate with that. So anyway, uh, Money 101, next Saturday, the 10th in the morning. People who want to create wealth, 20-year-olds, 3-year-olds, 40-year-olds, and also 15-year-old uh, small Asian children who look like Justin Bieber. In the afternoon, it's going to be 1 to 4 o'clock uh, wealth creation. So uh, wealth preservation, retirement planning. See, I don't even plug my own events well, do I? And the following Saturday, I'm going to be in L.A., Basically trying to sign a deal to get the hell out of here and never come back. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Internal editor on. And the following Saturday, the 17th, I'm going to be in L.A. teaching teachers how to uh, handle their money. So, uh, internal editor back on. Let's talk about the markets. Let's take a look at some of the stories that are going on, shall we? We got the Dow down 13, the NASDAQ up 2, the S&P 500 down 1. I'm tired. That's what this market's saying. I've gone up every freaking fragging week that I can go up this year, seven out of eight weeks. I'm doing my job. I'm taking Friday off. It's Aloha Friday. I'm not going to work again until Monday. There's some story about Portugal that's bothering me. I don't really care. Yelp surges 60% in their debut, blah, 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 blah. The market just doesn't care about this today. Are you with me? 
Yelp, ticker symbol Y-E-L-P. Yelp shares up 66% today. I talked about it on Friday of last week and Monday of this week. I did my job. I warned you about it. So the company is uh, valued at $900 million. That's a lot for a company that's not turned a profit since its founding. Rick Summer, an analyst at Morningstar, says while Yelp is at the head of the pack compared to the other review sites, he's concerned that businesses may not see enough value in Yelp's advertising platform to increase spending and justify the expected price of the IPO. I wouldn't touch this IPO with my ex-girlfriend. Money. I was going to say something else. But this is a Christian station or a Christian company, and I shouldn't. So Yelp users have reviewed churches. Yelp users have reviewed strip clubs, hospitals, hotels, high schools. The company makes money from advertising. Most of the ads come from the local businesses that its users review. In 2011, it booked revenue of $83 million, up 74%. I think their best chance has been being acquired. Now, with that said... I think their management is young. I think they're part of that under 40 crowd. I don't know if they have an attack that can beat Google. When you punch in Google restaurants and you, you know, you, you look for something local, Yelp comes up and Google can block that. So the story of the founder goes one day in the summer of 2004, Jeremy Stoppelman. I got sick and needed to see a doctor. I asked friends for referrals, but most of them were Bay Area transplants and didn't have any good recommendations. I searched on Google, but found only generic lists of health insurance websites. I want a doctor that fit my needs, not just any doctor. I wondered why it was so easy to find consumer reviews for products like books and electronics, but so hard to find good referrals for local services like doctors and plumbers. And that's how the company started magically. To me, that's a made-up story, but that's okay. Yelp has 17 million monthly users. Hey, I like Yelp. There is a problem with Yelp, though. Like, for instance, I went to Henry's Gardens yesterday. Awesome Chinese place on El Camino. And Henry's in there working. And I went in there at 4, which, between me and you, here's a little, here's a little ancient Chinese secret. Go to a Chinese restaurant before they actually open up for business at 5, and they make your food fresh. And it's hot. It's actually boiling. Like, that was yummy. delicious. So thank you, Henry. Um, anyway, Yelp attracts 66 million monthly unique visitors. Okay, okay, wait, wait. So there's also a place in my hometown. Uh, I don't even know the name of it, but it's pretty cool. They've got a, it's a delivery company. It's Chinese delivery. I know you're saying Chinese delivery? Really? Um, they put a big noodle box on top of cars. Like, literally, it's it's bigger than the car itself. And it's you always go... Wow, that's a big Chinese noodle box on it. And like, you almost hope that they pull up to your house and they serve soup out of that big noodle box, uh, but they don't. Anyway, here's the problem with Yelp. I can be a Chinese restaurant competitor of Henry's and I can go write negative reviews on it. That's the problem. Honestly, it's not a qualified review and that's where it becomes problematic. Now, yes, over time, you can see that most people tend to like the upper-class places. And yes, over time, you can see that most people will say something bad about a taqueria because inevitably there'll be a cockroach in the meal. Cockroach is not a big issue in California. You go back to the East Coast, roaches everywhere. has to do with the humidity, I think. Anyway, Foursquare 
is edging in on Yelp's territory. The New York-based company, best known for letting users check into venues, use their mobile phones, offers local recommendations and user tips. So I look at a company like Yelp and I go, yeah, I get it. Cute. But do they have a long-term business model that's going to rival Nike's? Or Johnson Johnson, or General Electric, or ExxonMobil, or and I, I I don't. That's where I drop it. Like I no. Do I expect my children's children to be talking like let's go to the Yelp review site? Stupid words like Yelp, which I think maybe stands for Yellow Pages, and if not, I just made that up. I once said that I think TiVo stands for T Television In Video Out. And some guy at TiVo blasted me like, he spits on me. I'm covered in slather, which is not a good thing, man to man, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, U.S. housing is laying a foundation for recovery. That's a headline you don't see every day. Stocks are declining amidst European concern today. (laughs) In a headline that's almost too strange to believe, Jamaican prime minister sees... Greek-style bailout, Jamaican Prime Minister Portia Simpson-Miller, which is pretty cool to be named guy named Portia. He's not named like the horse. It's P-O-R-T-I-A. He said the island would benefit from a Greek-style bailout as it negotiates a new loan with International Monetary Fund. If we could get a bailout like Greece, Lord have mercy, you would see Jamaica grow and flourish. We know we would never be able to see the same level as Greece, but if we could... Get some consideration from countries of the IMF. We would do well. So the whole world's basically overspending. Jamaica's debt burden in 2011 ranked its eighth most indebted country in the world. Behind Antigua. Antigua. Wow, I just pulled Elmer Fudd there. Antigua. Antigua. And Barbados. St. Kitts and Nevis. You know there's a country called St. Kitts and Nevis? I didn't didn't know that. Zimbabwe led the list at 231% of GDP. Greece was fourth on the list at 165. State of emergencies around the world. Sound the alarm. Come on and meet me soon. Sign up at robblack.com, robblack.com for March 10th's event. Coming up, I got breaking news, headlines, and much, much more. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Good morning. Welcome into Stock Talk with Rob Black, talking all things financial. 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on AM 1220 KDOW. The Nasdaq's turned positive. It's a nice day on Wall Street. I feel like tea. Dow's down 13. The Nasdaq's up 2. The S&P 500 down 1. Alarming headline. Oceans are acidifying fastest level in 300 million years. I can't even... 
possibly grasp what that means. The Earth's oceans may be acidifying faster than any point during the last 300 million years due to industrial emissions, endangering marine life from oysters and reefs to seagoing salmon. I figure there's a reason I don't like sea fish. It's the acidity. Scientists found surging levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere forced down the pH of the ocean by about one-tenth of one unit in the last century, ten times faster than the closest historical comparison more than 56 million years ago. So the salmon better learn to grow feet. The oysters better think about having some wings attached. Past instances of ocean acidification have been linked with mass extinctions of marine creatures. So the current one could also threaten important species. That's a big headline of the day. Do I got you scared yet? The conventional wisdom right now is that next week, Apple, changing it back to my favorite topic, is going to have a pretty normal product launch, the iPad 3, next week. But what if they do something different? What if there's a surprise or two? Some people think see and touch reference is very curious. You know, um, Apple sends out these invitations, these press releases. And trade shows are no longer important in any way, shape, or form. Trade shows are very 1960s. Let's push a TV. Let's show the world TV. Now Apple wants their own trade show. Apple wants the limelight on them. Microsoft tries to do the same thing, but terribly unsuccessfully. But last week, Apple sends out an invitation to a, a big media event for this week. And part of the event, there was a, it said, see and touch. There was a ruler. There was a map. So a lot of people believe an iPad 3 with a high-definition screen, quad-core A6 processor, and LTE modem certain because we've seen some of the code that has been released to iTunes. Whenever iTunes updates, there's code inside of it, and sometimes it makes references to things like processors and screens and such. We've seen China can't keep a secret. Ancient Chinese secret. Was that Whisk? I think it was Whisk that got ring around the collar back in the 70s. Back when you could run commercials that were incredibly racist. Anyhow and anyway, um, there's been some curious references inside of that i-operating system. An upgrade of the Apple TV set-top box is possible, as well as a remote chance for an iTelevision set due to a reference to a large screen size. So will it be a big iPhone? Will it be a bigger iPad? Or will it be a television? No one expects a television until the fourth quarter because they haven't been manufactured. New iPods, no, I'm sorry, new iPads have been manufactured. But maybe at the event they tease it. That's the maybe in this kind of story. Interesting little side note. NBC is owned by Comcast and General Electric. They have a huge winner on their hands with The Voice. The Voice is now starting to catch up and sometimes beat American Idol. Which, for the life of me, I don't understand American Idol. It's a glorified karaoke contest. I don't get it. Now, of course, it's it's created two stars, maybe three. But I almost imagine you have to be a 16-year-old schoolgirl to really like American Idol. Because you can't get out often, if that's your idea of entertainment. 
So how bad are things at NBC? Things are so bad that The Voice, it started off drawing a 5.1 rating last year. The Voice has emerged as an unlikely winner of its own reality competition with a 6 rating. It's displaced long-running American Idol as America's top-rated television series. So, 30 Rock for a while. That's a pretty good show. I think most people can say it's, it's entertaining. It's tough not to like 30 Rock, right? But other than that, what has NBC had recently? Well, now they've got The Voice. Is this enough to turn around GE? Is this enough to push a stock higher? Probably not. It's just, it's, you know, CBS kind of catapulted to the top many, many, many years ago with reality shows like Survivor and with uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on ABC that spawned modern reality uh, you know, game shows. So the voice is, is, is kind of holding its own. The X Factor, Simon Cowell's new idol rival. It desperately wanted to be ultimately the voice. And the voice came out this year after the Super Bowl. So will it be able to continue this momentum? Product on television means something. I, I don't know if it means as much as we want it to. But, you know, Mark Burnett created through the Fiverr. Mark Burnett created The Apprentice. Mark Burnett created The Voice. He kind of knows what he's doing on some sort of level. So, I don't know. I, mean, I, I think I'm struggling to teach you that, you know, success or failure starts with management and with CEOs and COOs and CFOs. 14-year-old kids emailed me yesterday, and he wants to become a day trader. And it takes time, dude. You have to learn, like, who the players are. You have to learn who the CEOs are who, who make you money, who the CFOs are who lose your money. You know, how about the way you look at your money versus your spouse? I bet one of you is more aggressive than the other. One of you saves more than the other. Same thing goes on with companies. So during the commercial break, I'm going to I'm going to read and decide, do I come back and tell you about the story or not? The autopsy awaited in a butt enhancement case. AM 1220. KDOW. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Hello, darling. It's me, Rob Black. AM 1220 KDOW. It's Rob Black and your money. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in. 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat. We'll have some fun. Okay, that's a bit of an odd bumper start to the show. <laughs> that's inside my uh, Back in Black theme intro. So call in. We'll chat. Have some fun. I don't know what strange, bizarre movie that's pulled from, but that's an odd quote. Okay, so police say a woman in Philadelphia may have injected as many as 14 women with a silicon-like substance 
in an illegal buttocks enhancement procedure in the past four months, and she was named a person of interest. This is all tied towards a death of a British tourist. Padge Victoria Winslow was arrested this week on a variety of charges involving the alleged injection of a substance into a woman, exotic dancer who later became gravely ill. Does this story not have a lot of flags already uh, rising? Who who would let another person inject their buttocks who is not a doctor? And again, this is why we've got problems in our society. They're known as pumping parties. I know what I'm going to be doing this weekend. But a British tourist decided to make their her buttocks look bigger. I mean, does this story not just reek of I love America? Like, I want to get into this business. Illegal buttocks enhancement procedure. First and foremost, is there a legal buttocks enhancement procedure? Apparently so. I'm a little bit surprised by that. Now, I call that entrepreneurship. Somebody comes up with a pumping party. In Philadelphia, they call it a crime. Okay. Um little bit of advice. Stocks are a little changed today. There's not a lot going on. There's a big Yelp IPO. Company called Big Lots is in the news today. They're down 4%. They miss sales and expectations. Yelp, the company that lets you review anything from diners to dentists. They're up 70 plus percent today on their IPO initial public offering. Sarah Lee, who makes nothing but yummy stuff and international coffee. They're going to spin off uh, a division. There's a whole lot of we've gone too far too fast feeling on Wall Street. We're up 9% for the year, and excuse me, it's March 2nd. Hey, it's my brother Michael's birthday. I know you're saying, eh. You know what's weird? <laughs> I don't know if you have come from a family like this. Our family accidentally celebrated his birthday on March 5th for like eight years of his childhood. We didn't know. Like... There's no doubt he he was a weird one first and foremost. Like he doesn't walk on sidewalks because he does during rainstorms because he don't, doesn't want to step on worms. Like he was a bit of an odd one. Now he's clearly my smartest brother. Uh, ends up at the Center for Disease Control. He's a scientist. Like the guy doesn't solve cancer, but he looks at cancer. So um, happy birthday, Michael. Sorry we celebrated your birthday incorrectly for so many years. Sorry what that probably does to your psyche and your 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 self-worth image, but we were kind of busy. AT&T today said that they've uh, added speed caps for heavy data users. This stinks. You remember the 1990s, back when your cell phone was as big as your shoe? You'd get like 100 minutes a month, and then it was like 200 minutes a month, and then it was like 300 minutes a month. Well, AT&T's going to start slow, and then you'd over overexceed it, and like next thing you know, you're like bankrupt because it costs so much. AT&T is going to start slowing down the data speeds of customers with unlimited wireless plans once they reach a certain threshold, a sign that the industry is trying to cope with the soaring traffic. This is why you have to buy companies, a company that does some sort of network equipment or some sort of speed of data through a network. These are investments right now, short-term great investments, because AT&T is telling us they're trying to move millions of long-time customers to reduce speeds. They are trying to, they have to throttle down their customers, and that's going to piss them off. 
AT&T's new data caps only apply to existing customers with contracts that include unlimited data. Plans that the carrier stopped offering to new subscribers. So they've got tiered data plans. 30 bucks a month for 3 gigabytes, 50 bucks a month for 5 gigabytes, $10 for every gigabyte over those limits. I don't even know how much I use on a monthly basis. Sprint's the only carrier out of the top three who has unlimited data. They'll get some business out of this. Part of the reason Sprint has been able to turn its subscriber loss to gains is that whole unlimited data. So I, I, I throw that story out there for you. I swear to you, at some point in time, I'm going to an old-fashioned phone. I'm going to a rotary phone, and I'm going to, like, I, I don't need fastest, newest, bestest. This whole weekend, I'm unplugging. I'm taking next week off from TV. I'm just unplugging. No electronics. I'll do radio because I'm in desperate need of my, what I refer to as therapy hours. Talk about my daddy issues. Have I mentioned yet this, this week that my daddy was an alcoholic? Now I feel better about myself. So how does that make me feel? I should lay down when I'm doing this. So stocks are a little changed today. Okay, that took 14 minutes to get to the financial numbers. That has to be a record. The Dow's down 13, the NASDAQ up 2, the S&P 500 down 2. This is a non-event type of day. Kodak selling their online business to Shutterfly. It's sad. Facebook seeking a bigger line of credit. No one cares about. Oil's under $108 a barrel after Saudi explosion report was denied. Okay. There was a story yesterday about a lawmaker in California who is introducing a bill on self-driving cars for Google, autonomous cars. Now, high-end cars already have some of these features. Like when you start going out of your lane, it goes beep, 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 beep. Self-parking car is kind of self-autonomous car. It's like half-autonomous. So lawmakers, we're trying to figure out, is this even legal to have cars that drive themselves? Like, we don't know the laws. Google can't figure out. And if Google can come up with software to have cars drive themselves, they'll be in every car in America or almost every car in America or a lot of cars in America or some cars in America. And that replaces desktops and that helps mobile phone. Like, you understand why Google wants this, right? Ford wants it. GM wants it. We need new features in cars because cars just aren't that exciting right now. Like, you get into a car today that's got an iPhone jack. You're like, ooh, I can plug my iPhone in. Like, that's kind of cool. But, okay, that's like five years ago technology. So self-driving cars could be big business. When electronics hit cars, it's going to change the world. It's literally AM radio stations gone almost overnight. When you're able to get your Pandora in your car, AM stations won't be gone. They'll just be worth a lot less. FM stations won't be gone. They'll just be worth a lot less. Stations, Companies like Clear Channel, their stocks will get murdered. As soon as you're able to listen to what you want to in your car with 4G speeds with unlimited data. So that ties that whole AT&T story back together, right? So when you see a lawmaker arrive in a car that drives itself and parks itself and, you know, anti-lock brakes, cars are getting smarter. I'm not worried about Terminator. Maybe my kids' kids will have to worry about machines taking over the world. Not me. But I'm excited by that. Like, we need some innovation to basically help business. 
come up with some new concepts, get us involved, get us excited again. That's something that we do well. We innovate and we do software really well as a nation. The dollar's staging a strong advance. I'm really surprised the market's up today because the dollar's staging a strong advance. Oil prices are lower. No corporate earnings, no economic data. Coming up, I'm going to speak with the smartest man in the financial planning world, Chad Burton. AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. What I do is not rocket science, but I can tell you that people make the same mistakes get in again. The number one mistake that people make as far as saving enough for retirement is not living within their means, period. You don't know your budget. You don't. You overspend. People don't set goals. I wanted a million dollars by the time I was 35. I was worth over a million by the time I was 35. Not saving enough. You know, Reagan lived till he was 93 years old, 33 years after retirement. And he had 10 years of very expensive health care. Failure to create and stick to a budget. I want to go away this weekend. I'm, I'm burned out. I'm, a fi- I'm fried. I'm taking next week a TV off so that I can catch up on some work. Uh, this weekend, do I go with a five-star hotel? Do I go with a four-star hotel? You know, do I take Maisie the Wonder Dog? Like, I, do, I, do, I, do I stick to a budget or not? Another mistake that people make is they don't have cash. My roof's going to go at some point in time, and instead of dipping into my shares of Apple, I'd rather dip into my shares of cash, my emergency cash. Uh, what else is going to go? Oh, my refrigerator leak cracked some of the floorboards. Need some floorboards down the road. Yeah, it's not so bad. So, but you get the point. You have to have cash so that you don't dip into your investments. Update your paperwork. Huge mistake that Americans make across the board. Let's take a look at the numbers. We got the Dow down 13, the NASDAQ down two, uh, up two, and the S&P 500 down two. Joining me now, certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Chad, one of the things I want to talk about today is, is making a will. Uh, we get a lot of questions on when do I need a will, when do I need a trust, can I use LegalZoom? Let's open up the can of worms. What's your thoughts on wills? Well, you already have a will. That's true. Wait. The state writes one for you. <laughs> so it says that if you die, it's going to go to your next of kin. Um, it says that if you don't have a will and you go through probate, even if you have a will, it's just a letter to the court on what you know, what the probate courts are going to do. And if you go through probate, there is a state-mandated amount in California on how much the attorneys are supposed to charge. Okay. And it's very expensive. So, now, well, wait, before we go there, you say I already have a will. Let's say I don't have a wife. Mm-hmm. And let's say I die and I've got two brothers. Is everything split equally amongst my two brothers? Is it, is it equal or not equal? Like, I work in a lot of different states, but so a lot of states it's either going to go to your parents if they're alive, okay. and if the parents aren't alive, then it goes to your brother, your siblings. Okay, so okay. this can get messy quickly, because yeah. I, don't, I don't like one of my brothers. Exactly. So. So, and there's nothing you can do about it at that point if you haven't done anything. Yeah. So 
it's, know, like, lot- it's like the Civil War. It's brother against brother. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. I, I digress. You, I think you want to create that civil war thing when you die. That's that's. You'd like to look down and watch that. I think I, it, there is some calamity. <laughs> or look up. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. There is calamity when people die. On uh, people fight over the money, and people get really greedy, and people get. You know, you can be a, a mean spouse by giving money to one of your kids and not the other, mm-hmm. and you can you know exclude your wife. Like there's some mean things you can do in a will and trust. Don't yeah. Do well, look, I mean, doing a will is still going to put you through probate. So the point of avoiding probate, especially in a very expensive probate state like California, is doing a living trust. And when you do a living trust, you end up with a will, a power of attorney, and a health care directive. So if you're not – if you don't have enough money to spend the twenty-five to 4500 bucks that it takes to get a living trust done, then fine. Go to some sort of a, a legal site and get that done. And the most important documents so that you're going to end up with, though, are going to be the power of attorney. So who steps in and handle your fi- handles your finances if you get disabled? Okay. That's more likely than if, it's more likely that you're going to spend some time disabled than die early. Okay. And also, a will doesn't have anything to do with what you say on your 401k beneficiaries. So if all of your assets are in a 401k and you've named your ex-girlfriend as the beneficiary, that's who is going to get your money despite what your will says because the beneficiary designation on your 401ks and your life insurance supersedes the will. That's interesting to say. Like, for instance, let's just recap that and say it out loud. Let's say I forgot to update my 401k paperwork and it does go to a girlfriend. Would my wife get it before the girlfriend does or does it go to the girlfriend? Your your spouse has the ability to, because you're married, yeah. go in and, and claim rights if there's a beneficiary designation on there to half of the assets. Okay. Okay. But not necessarily all of them. Interesting. So a lot of people end up doing an estate plan where they get a living trust, right? And right. especially when they go to the seminar type, which are kind of jacked up. You don't you don't want to go to a seminar and end up with a living trust. You want to sit with multiple meetings with the attorney and get a living trust. And if you get a living trust but you don't title your house in it, you don't change your beneficiaries on your life insurance and your retirement accounts, you essentially still don't have a financial plan or an estate plan. Okay. There's there's several steps that you have to take. That's why it's a good idea to get a financial plan first, right? And then go through the process of the estate planning so that you can look at your plan. How how extensive do you need your estate planning documents to be? What are you going to be worth, you know, 30 years from now? And it's something you probably want to update every 5 years. I would say two because of the um the amount of changes that we're seeing in the estate tax law. Okay. I mean there's been drastic changes. Um right now there's only a state tax for people that are worth over $5 million. That could drop down to a million in 2013. So there's constant change in the state tax law. So every two years, because typically within a two-year period, you have life-changing events, either another kid or if you're older, maybe um, one child gets married and you want to protect. You, you don't like the spouse, and right. you want to make sure that they have no way to, to get those assets. So you might leave that child's share in a trust that's protected from lawsuits, that's protected from divorce those types of things. We're running out of time, but generally speaking, you want to trust if you own a house in California, you want to trust if you're worth how much money? Really, if, if, you, if you own real estate, that's, that's one reason why I want to trust because of the probate costs. And then really, if it's a matter of you have taxable accounts that are over about 100000 it's okay. kind of a no-brainer to, to do one. Okay. But if you don't care about what happens after you die, then don't do anything. Classic. It, it doesn't Classic. do a lot for you while you're alive. Yeah. It does a lot for your kids and your family. Classic Chad Burton there. Certified financial planner Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. So taking a look at the market numbers, we have the Dow down 11, the NASDAQ up one, the S&P 500 up two. 
Um, the euro is collapsing kind of today. It's down about 1% for money or Forex, foreign exchange. That's a pretty big drop. 10-year treasury sits uh, just under 2%. Gold down 6 bucks. Oil down a buck and a quarter, sitting at 107. Oil's had a big move. The Facebook IPO, or I'm sorry, the Yelp IPO, if anyone wants a report on the Yelp IPO, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. The offer expires on Monday. Don't ask me to mail stuff out to you past Monday because I'm not a publisher. But I recently read a report on the Yelp IPO, and I'm going to tell you, it looks expensive, and I'd be very, very cautious jumping in on it. It's hotly anticipated. It's up 60% today. Um, very similar to when LinkedIn went public. Some may recall that LinkedIn only offered 7.8 million shares, and that created more demand for it. Very similar to what uh, the amount of shares uh, Yelp offered, 7.2 million. So there's other companies that you can compare them to. Groupon has a price-to-sales ratio of about 6. Yelp has a price-to-sales ratio of about 10.8 times right now, um, and that's before it surged 60%. Zynga is profitable, and it's got a uh, price-to-sales ratio of about four and a half. So that's the price of the stock versus its sales uh, on each share. AM 1220, KDOW. I'll talk a little bit more about Yelp when we come back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.